Welcome to Backstage at the Enharmonic. I'm your host, Sean J. Kennedy. Today's guest is noted conductor Joseph Modica. As a choral conductor, Joe has prepared choirs for the likes of John Williams and Josh Groban. In 2017, he toured the country with the Italian pop opera trio Il Volo, conducting at the nation's best concert halls. That's where I was lucky enough to meet Joe. When he's not busy preparing professional choirs in Hollywood and touring the country conducting orchestras, he is an active and dedicated music educator, serving as an associate professor of music and assistant dean at the University of Redlands School of Music. He's also the director of music at Blessed Sacrament Church in Hollywood, California, the artistic director for the Inland Master Chorale, and the conductor for the Festival Choir at Idlewild Arts Summer Program. I hope you enjoy this edition of Backstage at the Enharmonic. Hey, Joe, are you there? Hey, Sean, how are you? I'm good, man. It's so great to uh, talk to you. Uh, thanks for taking some time to be on the podcast, and I look really forward to uh, catching up with you again. I haven't seen you in a while. Likewise. It's great to talk to you. Great. So could you let the listeners know uh, your hometown and where you currently reside? Yeah. Um, well, I, I live in Redlands, California, and I've lived here most of my life, but I'm actually originally from Buffalo, New York. Um, hmm. I grew up, grew up in a suburb of Buffalo, Cheektowaga. So, but I currently live in Redlands, California. Okay, great. And uh, wh- where do you work out there? I work at the University of Redlands. I'm um, an associate professor of music and the assistant dean of the School of Music. So what are some of your earliest memories of music as a child? Wow. Um, I would say probably church choir. Um, I, I used to sing in the children's choir at, at, um, at our church back in Buffalo, and I just loved it. It was so much fun, um, you know, doing that. And then when I started fourth grade, um, I'll never forget this. The the teacher passed around a, a form, and the form had a bunch of instruments listed on there. And they said, you know, which which instrument would you like to play? It wasn't, do you want to play in band? It was, which one are you going to play in band? <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was like, well, I think I'll – play saxophone why not you know I, I used to watch the muppets all the time and there was a guy zeus on the muppets and i thought oh, he was sure. cool. <laughs> yeah i thought he was cool so i was like well i guess i'll play saxophone so um so that's what i did i learned to play the, sa- the saxophone starting in fourth grade and uh, everybody sang in choir everybody played in band it was pretty awesome so that's how i got that's how i got going which was it alto sax did you stay with that yeah, alto sax, and then when I got into junior high school, um, I played a little tenor, and <laughs> I actually played Barry sax on one of the songs in jazz band. It was pretty funny because the thing was le- bigger than I was, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I, I had a little experience on on all three, but uh, mostly mostly alto. Interesting. So going back to junior high and high school, then. Um, if you were walking down the hall, like musically speaking, would people consider you a singer, a vocalist, or were you a saxophone guy? Um, probably saxophone first. Hmm. Yeah, wow. um, definitely in junior high, it was it was more saxophone than than choir. Although I was in choir, you know, both in junior high school and high school throughout. Um, okay. Yeah. So pretty much. Oh, go ahead. Continue. And, yeah, that's right. Uh, I was really pretty much an instrumentalist, and my my aspiration was to be the next great jazz musician. That's what wow. I wanted to do. Yeah. It's um, funny. I've worked with a lot of conductors, 
Um, and it seems like the best conductors that I've worked with, uh, choral conductors, I'm sorry, in the choral conducting world, uh, most of the choral conductors that I really, really like working with, me being a percussionist, they have a strong instrumental background. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm sure there's some correlation there, uh, but uh, your conducting is superb. And a lot of times with choral conductors, just me being a percussionist, sometimes they're not too attentive to the needs of the brass and the percussion. Sure. And they're more worried about the lyrics. But every time I work with you and others of your caliber, um, the the attentiveness and the the clarity of the beat and the cues is always there, and I, I'm sure that has to do with your instrumental background. I'm glad to hear that, number one. But um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think you know, just having the experience of playing in um, a variety of types of ensembles, um, you you understand the needs of the instrumentalists, and uh, as a conductor, that's that's priority number number one, really, um, is to make sure mm-hmm. that your your ensemble is um, uh, that you're giving the ensemble what they need so that the music can really be what the music needs to be. So your junior high, high school, that was that out on the West Coast or was that in Buffalo? Uh, junior high was in Buffalo, and then uh, we moved to California when I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. Um, halfway through my sophomore year, yeah. When did you, what was your first taste of conducting? Was it in junior high, high school, or was it after that? It was actually college. Uh, was my first time conducting. Um, I'd always wanted to, but you know, I, my high school choir director, uh, you know, we didn't really get a chance to stand in front of the ensemble. Um, but my very first day of college, I went to Chapman University for my undergraduate, and um, my very first day, the the conductor of the choir called up a a senior conducting major, uh, and he came up and conducted a song, and then he pulled up a a junior music education major and she came up and conducted and then a sophomore and then he called up a freshman and I was the unlucky freshman uh, <laughs> who got chosen to come wow. up and conduct the choir. Yeah. And uh, it was William Hall and it was, it was his arrangement of were you there? Mm-hmm. And so here I was, you know, never having stood in front of a choir before um, in front of this group of amazing singers and um, my teacher's own arrangement. I was a nervous wreck. Um, of course, so, you know, but uh, so I got through it. I have no idea what my hands did, but I, I got through it and it was um, transformative to say the least. Like it, it was home like, OK, well, this is what I need to do. So, yeah, but that was my, wow. was my first time. And then every opportunity I had to get in front of a choir um, of any kind, I, I took it so that I could learn. Wow. A real uh, baptism by fire. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Yeah, yeah. it really was. Especially with the, you said your conduct, the um, the conductor arranged the piece you were doing. Yeah, yeah. He he's wow. a he was a composer and arranger, and he had all kinds of uh, he did you know a bunch of folk song arrangements and things like that, and and this was one of his. So. Wow. Okay, so that was choral conducting. Uh, do you remember clearly the first time you conducted instrumentalists, or was it with a choir combined type of thing? Uh, no, I, my undergraduate degree is actually in conducting, uh, which is oh, okay. weird. Uh, Chapman was one, only one of two places that offered um, an undergraduate degree in conducting. It was Chapman and Manus. And, did uh, you enter college? But did you enter college as a conducting major? I entered as a music education major. And oh, then okay, I got you. in my uh, sophomore year, I switched to conducting okay. uh, because I wanted to learn the orchestral side and the choral side. And so this, op- this gave the opportunity to do both. Hmm, um, okay. Yeah. So it was my, um, it was my sophomore year and my first instrumental conducting class um, that we got to stand in front of the orchestra. And it was um, night on bald mountain. 
the Mazorski. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what <laughs> the piece we were nice. we were working on. Uh, so we did that, and we did the Sh- Schubert three, I think it was. Um, those those two pieces, and then the following year we learned um, pictures at an exhibition and a couple other things. So yeah, yeah. So as, you know, as an undergrad, that was kind of an unusual situation. Yeah, it's tremendous though to have that opportunity. Yeah. So let's jump back to high school and middle school for a second. Sure. So um, at the time you were playing saxophone, you were singing in choir and all this. When did you develop a clear plan that you wanted to go into music? Was it junior high, high school? And what? Uh, and you, you said you wanted to be a jazz guy, I think, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. So when, when was that exactly that you really wanted to pursue music? You figured that out? Well, I think, you know, I had a really great influence um, in junior high school. Um, my high school, my junior high school band director was outstanding. I mean, really, really wonderful. His name is Reno Fisani. Um, and uh, we're still friends. You know, we talk on Facebook every once in a while. You know, I'll, I'll just kind of let him know what I'm doing and um, – and uh, and stuff. So you know, he he was a, a really tremendous influence on me. Um, got me into the all county band, and then that led to the all state band and, and all that stuff when I was in junior high. Um, and I just I just really appreciated everything that he did for us, you know. And he was a great teacher and a great guy. Um, and so you know, he was he was kind of my influence to get into um, to get into this field. So I first met you, or we, we first worked together with the uh, Il Volo tour a couple of years uh-huh. ago, yeah. which was fantastic. Maybe you could just enlighten us on how you got the gig, uh, what you felt like when you got it, because when I, in my preparations to get ready for that stuff that I had to play, I, of course, got their, their recording with Placido Domingo, mm-hmm. uh, re, you know, conducting. And then um, what was it like for you to get that call and say, you know, we basically like you to be <laughs> fill in for Placido Domingo on this tour? It, it was thrilling. I mean, I you know I I had known who, who Il Volo was and the, you know the the three tenor tribute and the and the whole thing and um, you know growing up in the '90s when the three tenors were really you know doing Dodger Stadium and you know and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It was just so thrilling to watch and so to get that phone call um, really blew my mind. You know, <laughs> am I worthy to do this? You know, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and so you know it was. It was really mind blowing to me, and it was an, absolutely an opportunity I, I could not pass up. Um, and to get to perform in some of the venues that we got to perform in was uh, really, really special. Um, I had always wanted to do a tour, and um, so I came back to the university, and I was like, "So here's the deal: I got, <laughs> I got this option to, <laughs> you know, do a five week tour. Um, will you support it?" And without hesitation, they did. So, um, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, it was it was thrilling, um, and uh, you know, I I of course then I had to learn it all. And um, um, oh, you had asked, you had asked how I how I got the gig, um, right? It was through my my friend Steve Trudell, who is um, mm. who was contracting the orchestras for that tour. Uh, and okay. Steve and I have worked on several projects together, um, beginning with Star Wars in concert. Uh, we did the uh, recording session with. Uh, um, the producers of that event at Fox Studios in Los Angeles um, back in wow. two, 2009. Uh, John Williams was there. Um, it was, oh my gosh! Yeah, it was crazy. And you conducted when he was there? I didn't. I prepped. I prepped the choir for it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, I was, wow. <laughs> yeah, I prepped the choir for it. So we had 80 singers, and um, it was it was way cool. Um, and he wow. walked in the door, and you know, he was very gracious, and you know, just really cool. 
Um, so we worked on that tour and, and I helped them contract and prepare the choirs for 18 cities around the country for that. Um, oh my gosh. And then that moved into us, you know, working on some Josh Groban gigs together um, and a couple other smaller things, um, some arranging that I did for some of the artists that Steve represents and, and things like that. Um, so we did that. And then, um, you know, I had told him, you know, like, I love prepping the choirs and I love doing these arrangements and stuff like that, but I want a conducting gig, you know? <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, so then he's like, all right, I'll keep my eye out. And then Il Volo came up and uh, he gave me the call. So I was very excited to do it. So looking back, some of your early gigs, I know a lot of music students and a lot of my students that are, are considering a career in music. Uh, sometimes parents are apprehensive about this type of thing. So I have a multi-leveled question here. When you told your parents you wanted to go in the music and your family, were they supportive? And to follow up with that, when you started your music career, was there an instant that struck you that said, yes, I've made the right decision? They're absolutely, they were absolutely 100% supportive of me. And, uh, you know, throughout, I think they always knew that I was going to become a musician. Um, my, I come from a family of mechanics. Hmm. So... Um, you know, my dad owned a transmission shop in Buffalo and my brother's a mechanic and, um, my brother-in-law drove trucks for Pepsi, you know, like we're like Mm -hmm. salt of the earth kind of people, you know, (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and, um, and, you know, so I was kind of the weird one in the family, (laughs) you know, Uh, (laughs) I understand. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, but my family was always so supportive and they were at everything and they loved coming to the concerts and they loved watching me up there. You know, I'd get a solo and I'd hear from the audience, yo, Joe, you know? <laughs> so, you know, uh, it was, it was always 100% supportive. They didn't always understand everything that I was doing, but they supported mm-hmm. it nonetheless. Oh, great. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, like, um, once I, got through my undergraduate degree and started teaching and things like that. Um, my very first year teaching, I was teaching at Menachee High School, which is up in the Central Valley of California. And um, I was a, a long-term sub, basically. It was a one-year position while um, the other guy was getting his master's degree. And so I was a sabbatical replacement. And I started that job and I was nervous as heck and had no idea what I was doing. And um, uh, about a month and a half in, I looked up at them and, and just realized, wow, they sound really good. Like, hmm. I think I can do this, you know, and um, the, the self-doubt and the, the worry and all that stuff kind of dissipated um, a little bit. And, you know, as a musician, it's very, you have to be very vulnerable in what you do. And um, I, I struggled with that. Um, but then once I was able to sort of get beyond that that personal barrier and really, you know, become vulnerable and take some chances and take some risks, um, really realize that this is the right place for me, you know? But yeah, I think it was that first year teaching that, uh, really validated that I, I did the right thing. Fantastic. And I was trying to remember, uh, there's some quote like, uh, I'm, I'll paraphrase it, but like from your students, you will learn or something. It's like, you know, you were teaching them, but they actually taught you something when you uh, reflected upon what you had just done with them. Oh, 100%. And, you know, mm-hmm. after after that first year was over, I, you know, I, I told the kids, I said, you know, I, I hope you learned something from me, but you have no idea how much you've taught me. Like wow. I have, and I learned from my students to this day. I've been teaching 23 mm-hmm. years. And, um, you know, from 
to this day I learn from my students. Of course. Yep. Yeah. I tell most of my students, I say, if you want to really get better, keep practicing, but start teaching someone. That's <laughs> right. <of> a sudden, <laughs> yeah, and that's right. Strengthen what you do too. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Here's another combined question. So you've done a lot of great gigs over the years. And if you could relive one performance, you know, what would it be? And what is one of your favorite venues, the favorite or one of your favorite venues that you've ever performed in? Whew, wow. Um, that's a tough one. I've been very fortunate and had a lot of really cool experiences. I think, I think um, if I could relive one, uh, we did, I, I have a church job. Um, I'm the director of music at Blessed Sacrament Church in Hollywood. It's a big Catholic church. And uh, back in 2013, we did a performance of the Verdi Requiem. Um, and I'd, I'd love to relive that one. Um, that was, that was special. Um, um, I think another one, I'd, if I can lift a couple, <laughs> another one I'd like to sure. relive is, uh, uh, Mozart Requiem in Carnegie Hall. That was pretty transformative. And the first time I'm walking out on that stage, it's kind of combined with your, the second part of your question, but, mm -hmm. you know, just playing that hall, um, is, uh, pretty special you know right um and just walking out there and uh just kind of taking it in for a second taking a deep breath um and appreciating where you are you know it's it's very humbling <laughs> uh, very humbling mm -hmm. um so yeah I'd, I'd i'd love to relive that but you know part of it too is like you know the beauty of of recreating music is is that you have that that one-time experience and you get to hold kind of hold on to that you know so I don't know that you can ever duplicate. Um, I wish I wish you could, but uh, for me, every performance is is sort of special in its own way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those two venues were were amazing, but I I think um, the top venue would be the um, Lyric Opera House, their Civic Opera House in Chicago, um, when we were on tour with Ovolo, and uh, walking into that house. Um, it was uh, it was really special, and we got to work with the Lyric Opera Orchestra, which wow, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just doesn't yeah. get a whole doesn't lot better, than, better that. than that. Doesn't yeah. get a lot better than that, you know. And uh -huh. I remember we had a, a couple hour break, and so I I just went in, went in the house and I sat in the audience and just kind of took it all in, you know. I took some pictures and I just sat there and you know looked at the beauty of the place and thought about the the history of that place and um and stuff. I mean that that was sort of the pinnacle for me. Um, a very close second, however, um, is uh, Atlanta Symphony Hall, um, mm. and we got to work with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra on the same tour. Um, and as a choral guy, right. walking, <laughs> walk, <laughs> walking backstage, and you know the years that Robert Shaw was the conductor of the um, ASO, um, and the, the pictures that are lining the hallway sure. of, of Shaw, you know, and um, the tribute to him, you know, and standing on that podium and not, you know, <laughs> knowing that he was there. Um, right. That was, that was really special. And that was, that was one where I felt grossly inadequate um, to be, <laughs> to be standing <laughs> on that stage, um, you know, but it was, yeah. and the orchestra was very gracious and really, really wonderful. Um, oh yeah. It was a great experience, you know? Um, but yeah, that, that was one where, um, you know, I go back to Wayne's World. I'm not worthy. You know? <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah I've, I was... I've been, I've played that hall, Atlanta Symphony, and you walk through, and they have 
all the pictures and the Grammys and the this and the that. And yeah. you're like, you, uh, I felt, I felt like I was shrinking as I was walking through there. I'm Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, geez, yeah. I do not deserve this. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah that was pretty cool. So to have the experience. Yeah. yeah pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's see, here's one. Okay. A piece or a few pieces uh, that you never get tired of performing either as a conductor or singer. Anything Bach, mm-hmm. uh, anything. Um, I just never get tired of it, ever. Um, Mozart Requiem would be another one. Uh, mm. The the depth of the piece and the, the understanding that it takes in order to, you know, really lift the notes off the score. Um, the um, the Haydn um, six great masses um, would be. Some others. Um, I've conducted Verdi Requiem twice, and uh, I could conduct that every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, those are those are some. But um, you know, Bach Magnificat is is really on the really on the top for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time I hear a Bach piece, no matter what it is, I feel like I'm looking at one of those magic eyes, and I keep seeing something new every time. Yeah. It's like no matter what, it's like oh yeah. really, I didn't notice that. Yeah, eight hundred other times I listen to this. <laughs> right, it, you just you just never know it all the way, you know. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> right, you just never do. Mm-hmm. So that's the beauty of it. Well, those are definitely those are good choices. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an active educator as well as performer, and um, I've kind of geared this as an educational podcast uh, for people that are interested in music or maybe want to pursue it as a career. So, do you have a a couple tips that you might recommend to? Um, young people considering a career in music, music education, the music business, anything like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my passions is, is uh, helping future music educators get prepared um, for the field. Um, and I think, you know, uh, to sum it up, I, you know, the, the, the biggest part of it is learning the repertoire um, and knowing quality literature to to, um, to teach students and just spending hours just learning the repertoire um, so that you can go in really well prepared um, with, you know, great stuff for them to learn. You know, if it's choral, um, great poetry, you know, and, and quality writing for the voice. Um, with anything, you know, knowing knowing the instrument, you know, if you're going to be a band guy and your instrument is clarinet, you got to know how the brass instruments work you have to know what they need um you know so really taking the time to learn the instruments um if you're a choral person same thing learning the instruments because it's undoubted that you're going to stand in front of a band or an orchestra someday you know um Mm -hmm. so that that preparation is really key um and then i think you know finding uh the other thing that i tell them too is finding balance we as musicians are can be myopic on you know on what we do um, mm-hmm. and lose a little bit of our personal lives you know and so I I really preach at them about um, having a hobby that's not music <laughs> you know right um, to get into sports to you know to read to you know whatever interests them but something outside of music and I think you know if I could go back in time when I first started teaching it was really um, overly uh, ambitious and, um, you know, spending 70, 80 hours a week at work, you know, and, and mm-hmm. sort of losing a little bit of, um, 
the personal connection, you know. So I think maintaining some balance is is really vital um, for young educators just entering the field. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so those are some of the things. I could talk about that all day, but <laughs> right. uh, those are some of the top things that I, I recommend them. Perfect. The last five things you just listened to, what might they be? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be Coldplay. Uh-huh. Um, it would be the soundtrack for Dear Evan Hansen. Mm -hmm. um, it would be U2. Mm -hmm. um, it would be, what was I listening to the other day? Um, let's see, those three. Uh, I'm a big musical theater guy, too. I just, I mm -hmm. love it. Um, and we're doing, um, I'm going to be music director for for Adam's Family Musical. So I was listening to that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, I put on um, I put on the Bach B minor uh, just because I wanted some calm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so I put on the B minor mass. Those would be the nice. last five. Yep. Okay, so they're the last five, and then uh, in addition to that, uh, something that your students uh, might be surprised that is on your iPod that's actually there, and they go, "Really? <laughs> you have that sort of or type of music on your iPod, or you know, whatever you listen to." Eminem. <laughs> okay. That surprised me too. Right. Eminem so and Metallica. It's not in your top five rotation, but it's there. It's there. And when I need it, it's there. Oh. Yeah. Eminem oh, and Metallica. I love it. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, in your advice to students, you know, having something outside of music as a hobby. What do you do outside of music? Um, well, I love to cook. Um, I, it's kind of my passion. I love to cook. Um, uh, pizza is kind of my thing. Um, you know, Italian food, of course. I'm Sicilian, so of course I have mm -hmm. to make Italian food. Um, and uh, I love hanging out with my two kids um, and just kind of playing with them. My my son's really active. You know, he loves to do sports and stuff like that. So um, my daughter likes to draw and do art, and so we'll do some projects together. You know, um, and just hanging with them. You know, it's kind of my favorite thing. Um, nice. Yeah, and I love I love gardening too. You know, so I'll go out in the garden and just pick weeds or, you know, plant some stuff. My daughter and I started a, a vegetable garden in the backyard, so oh, we're, nice. we're kind of into that right now. Um, you know, hanging out with my friends. You know, going out for a beer every once in a while, doing karaoke. <laughs> you know, that <laughs> nice. Yeah, that kind of stuff. You know, I, I I really I'm good at breaking away from work stuff. I'm good at that. I used to not be very good at it, but um, mm -hmm. it's. I think it's important. So, yeah, I understand the challenge. You know, yeah. uh, personally, and I see in a lot of other people, it's it's hard to get away mentally yeah. and physically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Great advice. So, is there anything brewing for this year in 2019? Um, not. I mean, nothing really settled yet. There's a couple of um, potential things, but. Um, nothing's, nothing's really settled yet. Um, we just, we just did the Josh Groban and Idina Menzel tour. We got to mm. sing with them at the, at the forum, um, here in LA. Um, that was really cool. Um, I've got some honor choirs that I'll be, that I'll be working with. Um, I am the, uh, conductor of our community course here in Redlands. It's the Inland Master Crowd. So we've, um, we've got some exciting stuff coming up. We're doing a concert next weekend and then, uh, uh, women composers concert in March and then in May we're doing 
Mozart Requiem and then John Rutter's Mass of the Children. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, but uh, big gigs, nothing, nothing quite yet. There's a couple okay. of things that we're working on, but nothing quite yet. Great. Well, Joe, it's been a real pleasure catching up with you again. I've been looking forward to this interview for many months now, and I'm glad both of our schedules finally worked so we could do it. You know, have a great Christmas season, a great New Year, and I wish you the best of luck and hope to see you again on a stage somewhere. Thank you, Sean. It's really nice to talk to you, and I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you taking the time. Okay, thanks again. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye-bye. To find out more about Joe and his conducting and teaching activities, please visit the links underneath this podcast. And thanks for listening.